The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Here we are tonight, and we're, we're focusing in our church on these five things. Five things for the next nine weeks. We started last week. Faith, fitness, family, finances, and food, as you saw in the bumper video. We're believing God to give us a breakthrough personally, each one of us believing God to give us a breakthrough in one of these areas. If you're in a community group, then you, you worked on that this week about choosing one of those, making a goal, setting a goal for yourself to see and believe God to do something in your life in one of these areas, some kind of breakthrough. You know, think about it. it it's 20% of your year. You're going to give 20% and focus on you becoming healthy and free. Allowing God, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life and bring you into some kind of health. That's what we're talking about. Critical to the success of that is being in a community group. What you see here is just half of it. You have to be in a group to get the other half of it. That's where you learn to live out your faith in a practical way in a nice uh, small environment. So as Andrew said, the last group that's open uh, is led by North and Amanda Katie, uh, our missionaries. And uh, they'll be here for just a little while and then they'll, they'll be gone for a number of years. So be great time to spend some time with them each week on Thursday night looking at these things. So this is really one of your, your last chances to sign up. Now, if you're in a group this past week, your group was probably awkward, okay? It's always awkward the first time. Anything you do for the first time is awkward. Do you remember the first time you drove a car? Right? How weird that was and how awkward and you're trying to figure out. Do you remember your first date? How awkward that was and how horrible you were? Okay, anything you do for the very first time is awkward. So expect that. It's okay. Second week gets better. Third week, by the time you get the fourth, fifth week, you're cruising along. You're comfortable. You're making friends. So hang in there. If after that short period of time you're still feeling awkward, switch groups. Go to a different group. That's allowed, okay? You won't be thrown out of the church and people won't hate you, okay? You can just say, these guys are boring. I've heard this group's bet more fun. I'm going over, all right? It's okay. The goal is not uh, to be in a certain group. The goal is to grow and become healthy and free. That's the whole point of it. So relax, enjoy it. Tonight's a great opportunity to be here at Canyon Ridge because tonight you're going to see a little glimpse of how Christians think. So if you're not a Christian or you're new to the faith or you just come to a place where you're not yet ready to believe in God, then tonight's great for you because you get to see how we think and how we think is so important because it translates through everything that we do. And so it'd be a great chance for you tonight to sit back and See how Christians think or should. Throw in the should. And I'm also going to give you a great formula that you can use in your life to help you know 
when you're supposed to uh, respond to something the way God would want you to respond, to know what he wants to do in your life, what he wants of your life, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to live your life. We talked about that last week, Ephesians 5, about knowing the will of God, that God expects you to know his will. You can take off the dating picture if you want. God expects you to know his will. And so I'm going to give you this little formula here to help you know how to know um, what God's will is for your life. There are two basically, two basic streams of thought. Two streams of thought in the world. One is God's will. And as we'll see, his will is good, perfect, and pleasing. And the other stream, if you will, is everything the world has to offer. So I want you to think about it like two rivers, all right? This massive river is everything the world has to offer. It's the stuff of this world. And then there's another river right on top of that one going in the opposite direction. And that river is the will of God. And so all of us are in the river. Every human being is in that river of this world. Now, some people are in the shallow end. Some people are in the deep end. But we're all in there. That's how you should think. Let me explain this looking at Romans chapter 12. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. These two streams of thought, if you will, are opposite and incompatible, all right? They have nothing to do with each other, all right? One is going one way, the other is going the other way. They're complete opposite. And you, you know, I say, well, wait a minute. I know some people who are in the stream of this world, and they're very loving. They're very kind. Uh, they have a lot of Christian ideals and values. Well, sure, any human being has the capacity to have biblical thought, all right? That's possible, but it doesn't mean that that necessarily driven by that stream, all right? Let me explain here further. Look at Romans 12, verse 1. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Be kind, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we know in this passage that he's talking to followers of Christ. He says, brothers and sisters. Now, we don't call each other brother and sister in our church, but that's what he means. And he says something interesting. He says, give your minds and your bodies to Christ. So true worship of Christ is not just three songs on the weekend. True worship of Christ is the mindset of Christ and the actions of Christ. 
those two things together. It was not just hearing the words, but doing them as well. And he says, that is true worship. So just lifting your hands and singing some songs, that's just one part of it. If that's all you do, that's not true worship. It's a combination of faith and deeds. You want to know more about that, you can look at uh, James. talks about that. So it's your body and your faith. And it's not just hearing, but it's hearing and doing. We've been talking about this for three weeks now. Now, he says, Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Now, what is it interesting that he would say that 19 years past the, the resurrection of Christ? So only 19 years later, he's writing this, and this is a big issue for them. In the, the early Christian church, you're talking way back in Jerusalem, there was a big problem with people getting sucked into the current of the day getting caught up in the thinking, the behaviors, and the customs of the day. And isn't it amazing that it's still true today? The same thing is going on today. Still a major concern today. As I said, we are all in this river together. You can't escape it until you die. You're in the world. So you're in this river. As I said, some people are ankle deep. They're on the shore. Some people are in the middle. They are uh, neck deep. Some people are underwater. The deeper you are, the more difficult it is to resist the current. You ever walk in a river? I mean, rivers are dangerous, but they're cool. I mean, they're fun. You know, you look at them and think, well, it's calm, it's harmless. You know, what's the big deal? You can walk out in the river. But if you get caught in the current, it can be very, very dangerous. In our country, 10 people die every single day from drowning in rivers. Uh, they say the, most, the people that are most at risk are teenagers up to age 25. The water looks calm. It looks shallow at first. So you kind of go in and you kind of wade a little bit further. But then if you're not careful, the current can grab you. And if it grabs you, it can take you to where you don't want to go. You, some, you, you ever happened to you, you know, you swim in a river, you could end up way downstream because that current carried you to where you didn't necessarily want to go. It can thrash you. It can hurt you. It can... Uh, take you underwater, it can kill you. A number of years ago, when my kids were little, uh, Addison and, and Hudson and I were messing around in the Skykomish River. It's up by Sultan. And uh, the boys had gone off into the river, and it didn't, it didn't look that big of a deal. I mean, it was, you know, this deep. And uh, they were, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, something like that. And so they go off into the river, and they're, they're screwing around. I'm sitting on the shore and just enjoying the beautiful day and looking at the river. And 
And I get this sick feeling in my stomach. You know, that's the only, it's the only feeling a parent gets. You know, if you've had, you ever lost a kid at the mall? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like that sinking feeling. Of, oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. But then you kind of wrestle with it. You're like, oh, come on. You're just, it's nothing. You know, you're just worrying. And we get stronger and stronger and stronger. It was almost like just, it was like something was there saying to me, get up and check on your boys. So I, I thought, okay, okay, this is silly. I get up, I go into the river, and because I couldn't see them from where I was, and I go around this corner, there's a little island in the middle of the river, and on the other side of that, Addison is there standing there screaming at the top of his lungs, dad, dad, dad. I couldn't hear him on the, on the, the bank where I was, but when I came around the corner, I saw him, and there's Hudson, and he's caught on a log. And the, the river's all going over and around this log, and it's caught there, and he's drowning. And so, of course, I just lunged into that, grabbed that little boy, and pulled him up out of the water. He's spitting out water and gasping for air. He almost drowned. I tell you, I, I remember it was yesterday, you have is that panic feeling, you know? At the same time, relief. He could have almost drowned right there. Rivers can be so dangerous. And Paul is making this correlation here with the danger of that and the thinking and customs of this world. To think like the world. He's saying that if you allow the cultural thinking to grab you, it's very, 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 very dangerous. It can hurt you. So you have to be able to recognize it that so you can resist the current so that you can stand in that pull and not be pulled off your feet and swept away and lost now think about this the true mark of any disciple any is that you think like your master right and that's true you think like he does, you do what he does, you copy the leader, you follow the leader. You know this true about business. If you've ever trained a new employee or had somebody in business that you had to train, the first thing you want to do is to teach them the company thinking. It's so critical. You got to think the right way about our company. We have a company um, mission statement. We have a company culture we think a certain way about these products and it's critical that you think the way we think or you're not going to make it here at this company. Like Percy Harvin. It's a great example. Percy Harvin could not think like a Seahawk. So he had to go. Right? He, 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 couldn't, he couldn't fit into that culture. He couldn't follow the Pete Carroll way in his thinking so he had to be rooted out. Okay, so the true mark of any disciple is that you think like your master. When it comes to Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus, you think as he thinks. So if you're a true disciple of Jesus, you think like Jesus and you do what Jesus does. So are you feeling condemned yet? Right? Because it's a problem, right? We're in this current. And it keeps pulling on us. 
it pulls on us, and we don't do what Jesus would do. We don't think the way he would think. We begin slowly to think the way the culture thinks. It begins to seep into our minds and our thinking, and we get tired of resisting constantly. It's so much more easy to just give in and let that pick you up and carry you along. Be a part of the group. Think like us. It's constantly pulling us in the opposite direction of Jesus. Well, what can we do? There's a, a three-step process that takes place in the life of every follower of Christ. Step number one, you renew your mind, as he said. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Renew your mind with the scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you're able to discern the will of God for your life. So you know enough of the scriptures, enough of how Jesus thinks and how he feels and what he would do, that you know what he would want you to do, right? As the master does, you do. And then that causes you to be increasingly transformed by it. Your life has changed. You transform into a follower of Christ. So you start learning what the master said. You, it's a process of learning what he loved and what he hated. Learning to love what Jesus loves and learning to hate what Jesus hates. This past week, uh, Miley Cyrus t- had more nude pictures taken of herself and posted all over the internet, tons of nude pictures. And, and you know, I don't, I don't judge Miley. I don't have anything against her. If, if I could ever meet her, I'd probably give her a hug and say, can I tell you about your heavenly father who loves you very much? That's what I would say to Miley. But here's, here's, here's a woman who's caught into the stream And it tells her, take your clothes off. Now, right above that stream, it's going down there. It's telling women, this is, if you're a woman, this is what you do. That stream right above it is going the opposite direction. That's God's will. And Jesus would say to Miley, no, cover up. He would cover her up. He would say, put clothes on, don't take them off. You see? Knowing what Jesus would do, what he would think about it, and then doing that, not the current of this world. Jesus taught on every single subject you need to know. Every single one. Sex, money, relationships, how to know God, dealing with enemies, religion, everything. Jesus gave us how he thinks about these things. So this is what we do to stay out of the deep current. It's knowing what the Lord wants you to do. So here's a very simple question you can apply to your life to help you always know this is what Jesus wants me to do. Here it is. Ready? Simple question. Is this something Jesus would do? Stop for 30 seconds every time you're going to make a decision and ask yourself this question Is this something Jesus would do? And then being able to answer that question. It's not enough to ask the question. 
I mean, you can ask the question, but if you don't know the answer, what good is it going to do you? So it's asking that question and then being able to answer the question. Is this what Jesus would want me to do? Yes or no, it's that simple. Would Jesus snap a picture, a naked picture of himself and send it to his girlfriend? Simple question. Would Jesus do that? Well, we know what he said. No, he would not. So he does not. We do not. You follow? Would Jesus be stingy with his money? The answer, no, he would not. We should not. Would Jesus hold a grudge against his sister for 20 years? No, he would not. So we know we should not. Would Jesus seek to find ways to show people love? Yes, he would. So we know we should do that. Right? You see how this works? Would Jesus watch this TV show? Would Jesus laugh at that joke? Would Jesus cheer for the Seahawks? Is this the guy that Jesus would approve of for me? Just imagine if you would. Imagine how different our church would be if we all stopped. We're going to make a decision. Stop. 30 seconds. Ask the question. Is this what Jesus would do? He had me do. Is this what he would say? And then be able to answer that question correctly. What a transformation would take place. Think about how we treat each other. How we think about each other. What we would do for each other. Think about how the world would be if every Christian did that. If every Christian just stopped and said, wait a minute, is this what Jesus is about? And then be able to give the answer. How different the whole world would be. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's so simple and yet so profound. This teaching that Paul is giving us is a huge warning to us. It's a warning and a blessing. He's saying, listen, don't get into the deep end. Don't immerse yourself into the culture. Don't get so caught up in all the behaviors and customs of the culture because if you do, you won't be able to stand against that current. It's going to grab you every time and it's going to take you where you don't want to go. It might even, you might even get injured in the process and possibly permanently. Permanently scarred. Because it took you to a place you never wanted to go. So stay in the shallow. You can't avoid it completely, but you can stay in the shadow. And then he gives us our motivation for this. He says, the reason we do this, the reason we think like this, is because of his mercy. You see it there? In view of God's mercy. I say this to my kids all the time. I'll say, son, would you please take out the garbage? And 99% of the time, they say, sure, Dad, no problem. Okay? If they were ever to say, you know, give me attitude. Oh, the garbage. Oh, 
I'm watching a video game. You know, or whatever. Give me guff. So I say back to them, son, what have I not given to you? What have I not done for you in your life? Have I not spent my entire life caring for you, loving you, and serving you? And they say to me, yes, dad, I'd be happy to take out the garbage. Because they think about it and they realize the love and mercy they have received. And they're grateful. And so they're willing to obey. And that's what God is doing with us here. He's saying, listen, do you realize the mercy you have received from Jesus? Because you, you screwed up big time, okay? More than once. And so you deserve to be condemned for that. But Jesus took, yeah, he took that condemnation away from you. He took your place. He stood in front of that punishment, took the full brunt of it, the full weight of it, so you could be set free. You've received an incredible amount of mercy. And so that mercy motivates us to stand against the current and to think like he thinks and to act like he acts. So how do you respond today? Well, I mean, obviously, the first response is, is repentance. Because you, you know you're sitting there and you're thinking about your own life and you're going, yeah, man, I am, I am up to here in the, the, the ways of the world. You know, we used, to, we used to have an old term, but we don't use it much anymore, carnal Christian. It was so condemning. But it's that so immersed in the thinking and customs of the world that now those have become yours. And your thinking is contrary to Christ. Now you think about it. The culture says women be hot, be sexy, show everything, take pictures and text them to your friends. That's what the culture says. Now you can say, okay, well, is maybe that's just just that person is thinking that. That's just their personal thought. It's not Jesus' thoughts. His are opposite. He'd say cover up. But you know who else is agreeing with that? Even if it is just their opinion, who's agreeing with that opinion? The devil. He's in full agreement with that. This is a great idea. Do that. I endorse that. Take it off. Show us. And so when we get caught up in that culture that's taking you down that place, down that stream, then you're, you think about you're being carried along the devil's loving hands. And the best way to stop that, to reverse that, to get out of that deep end, is to repent. It's just to repent, just old-fashioned, just God I'm so sorry. I've, I've, I've let myself get caught up in this stuff. I have gone way too far. And I need to turn around. I need to go home. I need to get right with you. I need to come back to Jesus and settle these things. 
And so some of you, that's, that's your response. That's what you need tonight. Others, your response is, is, is a little bit different. It's more of, I don't know what Jesus would think. I don't know what he would say. And, and I, I've done the, what would Jesus do? I even got the bracelet, but I don't know. Because you haven't spent any time with Jesus, learning what he thinks, how he feels, what he values, what's important to him, what's not important to him. You know? And so you've got to get into a community group. (laughs) Get into a community group. Start learning that stuff. And then it begins to transform you. And you find yourself coming out of the deep into the shallow. So you're standing in that river, but it's only this deep. I tell you, a current that deep, piece of cake. Easy. You stand on that all day long, no trouble. No temptation. I'm okay. Learning to hear his voice and respond the way he would respond.